The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, Kinky Connections, and Kinky Education. We're kinky, done differently. what women and other wonderful humans want. A frank and fun discussion about the way people approach each other for romance, relationships, friendships, or other partnerships that make us happy, as well as an intimate discussion about how to connect with our own authentic self. With questions asked by a guy. And now here is your host, John, or as we call him around here, hi there, catsuit. Hi there, Nookie, and welcome to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want as we continue a special week of programming with the bondage fetish photographer, producer, pioneer, Jim Weathers of Bondage Cafe. When we finished part one of our interview, I said to Jim, I've got so many more questions. And his response? Well, I've got a lot of time to answer, so go ahead and ask away. This part two of the show is the product of that conversation as we talk for nearly another hour about some of the questions that you might have. I know there were questions that I had about curiosity about working with different models, some of the sets that he does, and the quality and passion he puts into his work. I know it's a conversation you will enjoy. So sit back and relax and enjoy part two with Jim Weathers of Bondage Cafe on what women and other wonderful humans want. I don't know. Go ahead. Ask away. Diana Knight. Just oh how amazing is she? As a person or as an actress? Both. Well, she's one of my closest friends. So... Um, as a person, she's awesome. As an actress, she's unparalleled in what she did. Um, I met her in a bar when I was putting on this fetish convention in Vegas called Bangan. And I was in charge of this night of bar night, you know, get meet and greet sort of thing. And there were 1500 people in this bar, a lot of people. And I was in charge of making sure everything was going well. And my friend Warner said, oh, I've got something you got to meet. It's this girl named Diana. And she, he told her that I was a huge comic book geek. Okay. I'm not. <laughs> I'm, a bat, I'm a Batgirl geek. I am not a comic book geek in any way, shape, or form. So she went off for about 15 minutes about comic books as my eyes were glazing over. And I was so busy. And she thought that I was just, she thought that I didn't like her for a long time. And um, she can learn lines. First of all, she's fantastic at playing villainesses, just fantastic. And she can learn lines in 
20 minutes, you know, just learn them all and just do them, which is something that most fetish models cannot do. They can't remember one line to the next, right? That's just the way life is. They're not actresses. She is an actress and she's phenomenal. She always told me she wanted to play the good girl in one of these movies. And I was just like, sorry, <laughs> sorry. You're too good at the other for me to cast you as this because who's going to play you, right? So that's kind of the way with, with Diana. She's fantastic. How did you put Christina Carter and Kendra James together? Well, Christina came back to me in 2009 and said, Jim, I want to make another O-Girl movie. And I was like, okay. We'd done, we'd done like little shorts and stuff, but not like a movie. There's a big difference. And uh, okay, I, I guess we can do that. And I thought, well, we need to get you a sidekick, you know? So I was shooting Kendra in this outfit and just sort of had this light bulb gone in my head, like, wow, I could, I could create another character and Kendra could play this character and she could be called. And she was in this like nylon bodysuit with a, and, and I went, she could be called Nylonica. And it's probably taken. I just, at this point, I didn't care. Screw <laughs> it. I'm going to, I'm going to name this, this character Nylonica. And um, I did the same process with her that I did with Christina. I tied her to a pole with a bomb and I didn't tell her what we were going to do. I didn't tell her what it was for. I didn't say, you are auditioning for this character that I'm going to write this movie for. I just told her, okay, well, this, you're this superheroine in this situation and just go to town. And she did, and she was fantastic at it. And then I told her, well, you just auditioned for this character called Nylonica that you just got. And um, that's how that came about, man. Um, it was, you know, it's up to that point, I think, Oh, girl, there really wasn't very much nudity in the overall movie at all. Like you could go and you could go to to Comic Con and Christina could dress as Oh, girl and be just fine. She would be inundated with people because people go crazy when she wears that costume. But um, Nylonica is a different story because she's basically nude on the eighth, right? So when she would go to Fetish Con, she would have to alter her costume to make it okay wear out, out, out in public but um they had a good chemistry it worked having a having a partner means she can talk to them you know it's it's pretty difficult when when you don't have anybody to talk to it's hard to get the story moving along so that's kind of where that came from when i had kendra on the show i mentioned to her about the census suit story Yes. The short story. And she said she didn't know it existed and had Correct. never she had, read she it. Had no, she had no clue. No. no. I talked, I actually talked to her about that because I listened to one, I listened to that podcast and getting ready for this podcast. And so I knew exactly what you're talking I knew exactly what you were talking about, obviously, immediately. And I knew that she had no clue what I was talking about. And, and um, she pulled it off, boy. That I, God, I couldn't have shot that that scene in uh, when I first started because they didn't make 
cat suits like that, right? Now you can just go to Zentai and just get anything you want in the world, right? Back then you couldn't do that, right? So I found a really cool Zenti suit and it got used once and because uh, it was destroyed after we used it and because they're made so cheaply, but it looked great. She was fantastic. Uh, I think she got into whatever headspace it was supposed to be because at the end of that scene when Christina's taking it off of her, that was just so well acted, I can't even begin to tell you. It was just, I look at that and go, yeah, that's, that was well done. That was really cool. Um, simple concept. She did a great job with it. And the story is pretty amazing, too. Well, the story is, is in essence, a cat suit that, that excites your nerve endings. And, and when it moves, it makes you have an orgasm. I mean, that's basically the concept of it. And I had that concept back in early on. It's probably 94 or something like mm -hmm. that. And I didn't shoot it until 2009. Yeah, 2009. So it took them long. That was like 15 years of not shooting that concept in an Ogre movie. And um, yeah, it was an interesting. It was an interesting concept that worked. It's another one of those things where it works better than the box I just shot with Batgirl, the quicksand set, the pendulum. These, the I just made. We just did this sort of. Batgirl on the barbecue grill thing sort of thing for the new movie. And it's the look of it's probably going to steal the movie. It's, it's we all of us, I mean, everyone, Angela, you know, the people shooting it, all of us looked at this thing on the monitor and went, oh my God, that looks so unbelievably cool looking. Um, that's a, just a joy when you're doing that. It comes, turns out to be, wow, this looks so much better than I even had it in my head. You know, yeah, that's a, a great feeling. If you could ask Yvonne Craig anything, what oh would it be? How was Elvis? No, um, <laughs> in bed. How was Elvis in bed? I think that would probably would be my question. Was, was he was he good in bed? Um, did you know she dated him? Whatever whatever that means in the sixties, the early sixties. I don't know what dating means, but I'm pretty sure they probably had sex. Um, God, I don't know. I have a I have an autographed picture of her, which I'm pretty proud of the fact that I have that before she died. Um, they were going, you know, that they were going to make a whole nother season of Batman. That a whole, I think, NBC or somebody, I think the ABC are the people who put it on originally. And NBC wanted to bring back like an hour long version, like hour long episodes again. And they were done a whole nother series with Batgirl in it as well. But they had torn the Batcave down two weeks prior. And they, they went, well, how much was it to build? They said $2 million. And they went, no, no, I think we'll pass, right? That's my, that's the one thing I think they wanted to, 
it would have been great to see her with given enough time to make the stories okay, right? I mean, the problem with the third season of Batman is that it's so rushed, so much low budget, even though it's still really expensive to make. And by the way, folks, making superhero movies is really, really expensive. Um, still is. That would have been a joy because I think that she was awesome. I can't see anyone else doing a better job than she did. She and Angela, when she um, was offered this role, went back and this will give you an idea of who she is. She went back and watched all those Batgirl episodes to figure out how she walks, how she talks, how, how Barbara Gordon is as a character, right? And she really nailed it. I mean, she just nailed it. It was, it was awesome to see. Um, it's that ballet dancer thing. I think mm -hmm. it's what it is. Of the bondage producers that are around today, are there any that you look at and go, they're pretty damn good? Oh, man, because good I know Shiny Bound puts you on the top of his list. <laughs> I understand that. Um, <laughs> He's wow, a fanboy of yours. <laughs> I know. I know that's true. I've talked to him. I've actually talked to him about this before. Um, it's pretty difficult, man. I'm a, I'm a bondage snob. Mm -hmm. And um, Shiny Bound is, is obviously a fan of mine. He's, he's, he, there's definitely, I can see my influence in what he does. Um, this is hard. I, I, wow. That's just gonna make me sound so freaking arrogant, but. Um, Luckily, and I'm going to knock on wood for this too. Um, nobody really does what I do, mm -hmm. right? Not like me. And I guess that's a good thing because it means that I can make a living doing it. I didn't pick something where 6,000 people all do it, you know? So there's not... I'd rather I'd rather look at like if Viv Thomas had done bondage, and that, that's going to be a big uh, stab out there for a lot of people. But he was he's a um, a glamour porn lesbian producer who lives in Portugal now. I guess he's an English guy. He's super famous. His style is just awesome, right? But he didn't do that. He just did more fetishy stuff. But there's not a lot of people doing really high-class fetish stuff, right? And they're certainly not in the way that, um, that I like. I guess I could put it that way. I don't, I don't know how to describe that, but... Um, the way that the internet and piracy has just destroyed any ability for anyone to put any sort of money into productions to make them cool. Um, 
so there's not anybody, I don't go out looking online to, uh, I mean, I go to DeviantArt and there's some artists that are just, uh, and there's a guy, Shinez uh, maybe, I can't really pronounce his stuff. He did a thing called Sunstone. Look it up guys. It is awesome. I mean, it's just absolutely awesome. And they're artists. I mean, my friend Lorenzo who's an artist. He's awesome. But bondage photographers, outside of shiny bound that I look at, no. And I, I hope that's not, I hope that doesn't crush someone out there. But, but I don't, if there's something you do, send me, you know, send me a copy. <laughs> oh God, I shouldn't say that. But um, I, not really. There's not anybody doing something that in, in a real world with real people that make me just go, wow. Now. You mentioned Tiana Cambridge yes. in part one. Yes. Was there ever any harmony pioneer that you would have loved to have worked with? Oh, Jesus, her. I'm just a huge fan of hers. And um, you couldn't have, you couldn't have a bigger fanboy in the world. That's why I understand fanboys now. So I, I don't like, I'm not as jaded as some people are. I mean, I understand fanboys because I was a fanboy with certain people. And I actually communicated with her later in like the 2002, 2003 area. I was trying to get her to go to BondCon. Almost succeeded. Um, and, and she had a, um, a style, she just had a personality that was just awesome. And, and the way she looked and what she was able to do. And, you know, th this is the old, not even the harmony stuff, because the harmony stuff was too, what's the word I'm looking for? Low budget for me. Uh, it was the, the clothing was too ordinary and but she did some work with California Star that was just really cool and I would have liked I mean I look at that and go I would have liked to have the opportunity to do what I do with her because I know what that would have looked like you know um, I've had the, as you talked earlier, I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of called famous, I guess they're famous, fetish models, right? We call famous, would you say famous is the right mm -hmm. word? Right, in our business. And I know that like Shiny Bound, look at this and goes, I can't believe you worked with Andrea Neal, right? I can't, you know, that sort of stuff. And all I can tell him is that those people were just as awesome as you could possibly imagine. It's not, it's not, Andrea Neal wasn't one of the most popular bondage models in the world without having a website or doing any work on herself. She never went out and talked to people or anything. And yet she was incredibly popular with everyone. And the reason is that that's who she was. I mean, she was such a cool person that everybody fell in love with her 
who work with her. Um, that's, that's Tiana Cambridge is kind of that person that I was like, oh man. Because I work with Darla Crane, I work with Tori Sinclair, I work with Eve Ellis, and I work with Dita, right? Um, and they were all just as awesome as you can imagine them being, really. There's a reason that they were so, there's a reason Dita is Dita, man. She's just mind blowing, right? People don't, I mean, that's, if, and this is a tangent, but I'll explain it because I want people to understand. If you're a bondage model and you think you're all that, okay? You're not all that. You're, you, you're new and you haven't really, you aren't the legend in your mind that you think you are. And I don't have an attitude like, you know, I'm so awesome and, and I, you know, you're, you have a, uh, you're lucky to be working with me sort of thing. Because I can tell you that Dita, when you work with her, when I work with her, have worked with her, hardest working, most dedicated model you could ever imagine, right? Who's just 100%, I'm not gonna say 110, because you can't have 110, 100% all of her in everything she does all the time. And that I could say that about Christina or Kendra or Angela, uh, or Emily Addison, or uh, just all of these people, Sasha Monet, they all had that same thing in common is that they, uh, Kobe Lee, whatever, you, you, wanna, you want to, um, that's somebody who you should interview, by the way. She's awesome. I would um, love to. She, she's awesome. Um, they, they want to make this into something that is going to last forever. And it's not just, you know, do it, okay. You know, it's a, let's make this thing awesome sort of situation. And um, that's what makes this so rewarding in all of this. Is the relationships you build with these people? Um, they all came. All of these people came. I mean, even Karina, the blast from the past of the cafe, uh, came to my birthday party last, and uh, I hadn't seen her in a long time. And it's just so great to see, to hang out with these people. You know, I just start crying because these people all came to my, you know came way out of the way to come to this party for me. And um, it's just an awesome thing. It's an awesome, it's an awesome community to be, to be part of. It's not like the porn world, which I've seen also. It's incredibly close knit. Um, if, if you come to FetishCon, which I I'd probably recommend everybody do this year, I, I don't have anything to do with them, but I, will say that probably everybody's going to go this year because it hasn't been on for so long. And then you're gonna see the Bondage Cafe 
in a group, right? All of these models all together, we're all hanging out together because we're all friends, right? We're not trying to be cliquish. We're just really good friends. Mm-hmm. So we're all hanging out together, right? Do you know how to explain that? It's not a non-inclusive thing. I'm actually very inclusive. I want everybody to come up and just be part of it all. But people sort of look at this like, oh my God, that's the entire, that's the entire bondage cafe all sitting on the edge of the pool together, right? Right? It's a great thing. It's a great thing. Um, that did not exist when I started this business. You know? And that's the, I guess that's the cool thing about now is if I was a new producer, um, I have the ability to work with Kendra James as long as I'm not a wackadoodle, right? If I'm serious about what I want to do, I have the ability to hire these people. And um, when I started, that was so not the case. You know? um, it turned out that since after we worked with Eve Ellis and everybody in the world worked with us, and it turned out to be the case, but um, yeah, that's really the thing though. The first time I put it on, it was definitely not what I was expecting. You would expect it's a lot more forgiving, but it's very difficult to slide on the rubber, even with a ton of lube. It's very tight, constricting, and you really have to take your time and wiggle yourself in. The enigmatic Mistress Datura, the rubber creature, next Tuesday on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Are you yourself outside of holding the camera or being on set? Do you enjoy kink in your own life? Oh yeah, sure. Oh come on. Can how I can was someone, just curious. Uh, just, any woman who wants to know what I like just has to look at my pictures. Mm-hmm. As I've said, I, I did a we started short fuse and um I thought it'd be a really cool idea to do a questionnaire to all members because we had a lot of people at the time that was free, remember? Mm-hmm. So we had thousands and thousands of people coming to the website every week. And um, I thought, I'll put a questionnaire on the site and I want everybody to answer this. So I made this big questionnaire about everything everybody likes. What would you like to see? I think I filled that out. You might have. Oh, my God. That's a long time ago. So I got about 350 responses, which is actually quite a lot. Full on responses to this. And I started trying to correlate the answers and realized to my dismay that everyone likes something else. Mm. Okay. I hate this. I love this. If you put this in a video, I won't buy it. If you don't put this in a video, I won't buy it. Literally for every possible thing in kink. I had every category of different stuff, you know, like what like clothes you wanted and what ties you wanted and what types of gags you wanted and, and all the, everything. Everybody wants something utterly different, right? They really do. 
And I told everybody at that point, okay, well, here's the deal. I'm not going to cater to anybody's tastes. I'm going to do what I like. And if, and here comes the arrogant part, if they don't like it, then I'm not going to be successful at what I do and I'll do something else, right? But I'm literally going to do what I like. Here it is, right here. This is what I like, right? So interestingly, I am more into stockings and stuff like that than I am bondage. Hmm. Okay. Doesn't surprise me. You get a nude girl in bondage and it, I would just yawn. Okay. Just yawn. I just literally, I don't care how awesome the bondage is, even though there are some that have made me go, wow, that's pretty impressive. Um, stuff that like Ken Mark is shot. Um, but generally, eh, eh. Yeah, it's a bunch of rope on people. Yeah, I do that all the time. And yeah, it's good rope work, but it's but in terms of like hitting me where, where you know where it's really sexy or not, that's, yeah, much more into like the look of the gal than I am in the bondage part. If you put the kings together, that's the best of both worlds. But yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Jim, if I can be so bold, I would say that you and I are kindred spirits. Okay. Because I can look at the scenes that you do on your site and go, is this guy in my head? <laughs> I'm... Well, that's because, it's because you're a fan, though. Wacky. You know? mm -hmm. um, but so I don't get a lot of, you know, people don't want to bug me and they don't. Um, they, they, they look at me as Jim Weathers and not just some guy that you can talk to. Um, but I wanted to make this a very personal thing that people would be able to be part of. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I refused to cater to anything anybody wanted. And trust me, people ask me to do all sorts of things. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I know that's what you want, what I do, my style to do that, but I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I don't shoot a lot now. I may shoot maybe once a month now, which is not a lot. Um, so I will make every shoot that I have is very fresh and it's what I want to do mm -hmm. versus, you know, I want, I want your style, but I want it like this. If it's close, I'll shoot it as a custom. And, and you know, parts of this Batgirl movie were customized. And I shot another thing with Candle um, just on Sunday, Saturday that was custom. But it's close enough to what I do that I will shoot it, right? And I'll make the best video for that guy that hopefully he's ever had custom made. That's my, that's my, what I, what my perfectionist level that I have in my mm -hmm. head. Um, I hope that. I hope people look at the stuff that I do and can really relate to it in, in a way that is, and, and understand that it isn't fake. Okay. That's the one thing I can tell you about the stuff that's on the cafe. 90% of it is exactly what it is. 
There's no pretense. I'm not telling these people, act like this. I want you to do this. I want you to be like this. I tell everybody that I work with, they're saying, well, what do you want me to do? And I, want, I say, I want you to be you. And I want you to do whatever you comes naturally. If you're a giggler and you laugh, fine, I don't care. If you want to act like damsel in distress, because you get into that whole thing, great. That's what you can do, right? Um, just don't be, just don't put on an act for people. Obviously, there's some acting involved in this, but it's it's so it's so amazing to watch somebody get into the headspace, especially even shooting her superheroine stuff. You'd be quite amazed that they put themselves in these predicaments as if they're real. Okay, and Christina's done that over and over again. I think it's messed up her brain sometimes, but. Um, God, there's so many stories about all this stuff. She would, you know, she starts getting herself into this headspace. This is really happening, you know, and even though there's a crew around her and it's all, all the stuff is fakey and, and it's not real. You know, the pendulum blade is not made out of metal, okay? It looks cool. For me, it's not because I know what it is, right? Everybody else gets the, everybody else gets the, um, the awesome version. And I get the, this is not real version, right? And um, that's just the way life is in the big city. No one can make, no one's going to make my movie for me. You asked earlier who, who I admire, who I really want to. Nobody's making that movie for me, which is kind of sad, right? I have to do it myself because who else is going to do a Batgirl movie like this? Um, Christina made some Batgirl movies that were really cool, right? And Kendra did, and Anastasia did, Anastasia Pierce. But they aren't the way I would do them, right? So I can't rely on someone else to do it other than me. Um, well, it's, I guess that's the best way to answer that, but I could. If you could pick anyone in the world that is not a fetish model oh boy. that you'd like to tie up, oh boy, who would be on the top of that list? Oh Lord, that's such a difficult question right now. There's going to be a big, long, pregnant pause while I think about this. <laughs> wow, this is difficult, man. Wouldn't mind tying up Scarlett Johansson. Um, good pick. Yeah, that's a good one. Only because she looks so fucking awesome in that costume. Or uh, Gal from the Austin Powers movie. Oh my God. Um, Elizabeth Hurley. 
Oh yeah. Oh my mm-hmm. god. Um, Diana Rigg would have been would be fucking awesome. The best. Well, she well the man who produced that show was a huge bondage fetish guy, and so it's obvious. Clemens is that his name? Um, it might be Clemens. Clement. I can't remember. Mm. You, you Avengers fans are going to just hate me and just going to hit me over the head, but. I think it's Clemens, the producer, and he was mm-hmm. a huge bondage guy. And uh, so he he really pushed that bondage to the point where it was like, wow, that's that's pretty realistic for a TV show, you know. Um, and and the Queen of Sin, oh my lord, <laughs> the the one at the Hellfire Club. Oh, the Hellfire Club. Yeah, I've been at a club called Hellfire in New York. Interestingly enough. Um, yeah, she she was she was awesome. I don't know how. I think the best. I think that Yvonne Craig, in terms of playing damsel in distress, the best I've ever seen, ever. I don't know why she was so good at it because she was so vanilla. I think in her in her actual personal life, I think she was very vanilla, right, and very straight just based on her book and, and stuff that I've read. But boy, she, she'd do it, you know. I think she underst- she had to understand the effect that she had on so many men in that cat suit. I mean, my God, she would, you know. Um, I'm glad she appreciated it later in life, you know, like I got to do this and do this thing. They're gonna have a new Batgirl movie and it's gonna suck, by the way. I saw the first picture of the outfit and I went, nope. Nope. And it's because, and not against anybody who's flat-chested, I'm sorry, but she's too flat-chested. She looks like a boy. And the outfit is, man. They don't make male superheroes look that, superheroes look that bad. You know, true. They just don't. Um, they look awesome. Uh, Wonder Woman looked awesome. Okay. Uh, Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow looks awesome. Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman, awesome. Halle Berry as Catwoman, horrendous. Poor horrendous unwatchable this movie probably going to be unwatchable maybe i'm wrong but when you get to the point where you're so pc and so worried about just no we can't possibly have her look that good in the cat suit we can't no we can't do that that that, that would be no 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 can't do that because that would be sexist and misogynistic and, and you know, objectifying her. And that's exactly what everyone's doing in every movie they've ever made is they objectify everyone, male and female both, you know. Brad Pitt is objectified all over the place because he's fucking awesome looking, you know. That's the way it works. So the minute they start making a superhero movie, why? Do they instantly decide 
Well, no, no, she's got to kind of look like a boy in this, you know? And we're going to make a Catwoman movie, but we're not going to actually go back to the character that anybody knows. We're going to, we're going to just make something whole brand new that is because we're, we can do it better. And we can't possibly, you know, try to make a Julie Newmark Catwoman or a Eartha Kit Catwoman. You know, it just we couldn't possibly do that because we're too cool to do that. So we're going to make this other thing. And everyone who's a Catwoman fan, which I'm sure you are, have, you have to be a Catwoman fan. There's Looks a life-size Catwoman standing right over there. Okay, so everybody, <laughs> anybody who's a Catwoman fan, a Julie Newmar fan or an Earth Kit fan or uh, a Michelle Pfeiffer fan, depending on what generation you are, is going to be massively disappointed if you do that. And they did it with, I thought they were going to do it with Wonder Woman. I thought, you know, they took so long to make one of those movies because they kept trying to change it, right? Well, we can't possibly have an outfit like that. Yeah, you could, and you did, and it was good. Um, the same thing with Batgirl. Well, we couldn't possibly put her in a cat suit that made her look super sexy and that made everybody drool, right? So they're not going to. And I have a feeling it's going to be terrible. And then they're all going to go, well, Batgirl's just not a film that we can make. It's not a movie that makes money. And you go, well, no, it's your movie that didn't make money. I often wonder, and actually we've been discussing this over the last couple of weeks because I'm making, these back, I'm making this Batgirl movie that is, it's one of the best, if, if for everybody wondering, it's, I think it's the best thing I've ever in terms of how it looks, I've ever shot. It's just absolutely beautiful. And people are gonna go, holy crap. I wonder if the guys at DC look at this stuff. And I know they do. I, I know, I, I actually do know they do. And they're all gonna go, that's pretty damn cool, you know? We can't make that movie because we would get hit over the head with the Me Too movement thing, right? Or whatever it is. Not that I don't agree with any of that. I do agree with it, all of it. It's just that there comes a point where it's not that everybody objectifies everybody. That's what they do. So if you think women don't like dressing up in really awesome outfits and looking the way they do, you're out of your mind. And I can tell you from somebody who's done this for 25 years now, 20, 25 years, um, it's empowering, okay? And they, when Randy Moore gets dressed up in some crazy sexy outfit, she becomes a different person when Angela does, or Christina does. When Christina put on that O-Girl outfit and she would walk around FetishCon, some thing happened. She couldn't wear it for more than an hour and a half because she was just so inundated 
with people. She could walk around the convention looking great whenever, but she put that costume on, the people would just smother her. I can't describe the, it was just, you know, that. Mm -hmm. And they get a sense from that. I think that um, all of these girls like playing dress up, man. They just do. They do. Everyone does. So you put them in some crazy, sexy outfit, and it transforms them. You put them in something that looks dumpy because that's what Hollywood thinks they have to do to not piss off everybody because, you know, you can't possibly do something that might upset someone. You're just going to have crap. And there you go. There's my arrogant, super opinionated version of what the new Batgirl is going to be. I did an episode of Off the Cuffs, which is a wonderful kink podcast. Um, and I, I did it a couple of years ago. And before I appeared, I actually asked a question of one of their guests and talked about the fact that you know, I have been a spandex fetishist my entire life, enjoy wearing it. Okay. And will sometimes put in fake breasts and get into the damsel in distress mode. Sure. And I said, was there some sort of body dysmorphia going on here or wh what was it? And it wasn't until their guest, and I can't remember who the guest was, but he said, you want to be desired. You have this feeling of wanting others to make you feel desirable. Sure. And I think that speaks to exactly what you're talking about when Christina puts on the outfit or Randy puts on an outfit, it is that joy of feeling this inward energy coming towards you. Yes. That you're putting out this desire and it's being reflected back to you. That's interesting. I, I, I I'm very different than you in, in that, in some ways of, of, I don't put myself in to someone else's skin. I just, that's not me. Mm -hmm. but I know a lot of people who do and I get emails from people all the time with, with very similar stories. So I've, I've heard this for very many, many years and I understand it. Um, I say Randy, I, I bring Randy up because she's an absolute gorgeous girl, obviously. And, and she's going to turn heads anywhere she goes because she's just a beautiful girl. But the first time she put on like one of those crazy over the top fetishy outfits that I have, which is like the latex and the nylons and the whole just makeup and hair. And cause Jewel, uh, my ex-wife does my makeup and still does. She does a fantastic job. When she got dolled up like that, Randy was a beach girl. You know, she's a girl who doesn't wear fingernail polish, okay? She just doesn't. And, and so she looked at herself in the mirror and was just like, oh my God, you know? And there are so many people like that that I've worked with that I know it's the way people are. 
you put them in something that makes them look great and they are you can take a picture of that if they don't look don't think they look great then the pictures are terrible right mm-hmm. and if they think they look great the pictures are great like karina was like that if karina felt great she was great and if she felt bad she was not into it and randy's like that and kendra james is like that um Kobe Lee is like that, you know. I'm pretty good at dressing girls. I can't dress myself, as you can see. But I'm, really good. I'm very good for those at home. I'm sitting in my pajamas in bed. Right now. Um, for I'm terrible at dressing myself, but man, can I dress women? I can go. This will look good on you, right? I've been very. I, they all want me to dress them too, which is just hilarious. You know, why don't you put this on me? You know, I, fine. Um, yeah, I, I'm good at that. So I've watched people just sort of transform. You put them in some crazy tight corset that they'd never worn and an outfit that just makes them look a gazillion dollars and they look at themselves in the mirror and just their mouths open up. You know, and they know what's but they know what it's gonna look like when we shoot pictures of it. I think that's the um, that that's one of the reasons that I get away with what I get away with is that this stuff looks so to them looks so good that they know um you know, that's what I, I want to do this because I want it to look like this. You know, there, there are a lot of bondage producers out there and, and a lot of them don't give a crap about what the gal looks like. In fact, they kind of want to make her look bad because the concept is that it's some dark, dingy place and, you know, it's Polaroid sort of photos and... Um, I get it. That's a whole nother thing. It's not my thing, though. You know, um, one of the problems that I have is that because my work looks so pretty, people think it's easy sometimes, right? And they are for a massively rude awakening to find out that no, what I do is actually to make it look this cool. It's got sometimes got to be hard. It's very difficult, and and. I'm going to make it as easy as I can because I don't want people to suffer. Um, which seems crazy from a person who's a bondage photographer, but it's really not. Um, I want them to have fun. And so that's, I think that outfits or, or the way things look trans, it's why girls want to work with me. And they may not work, want to work with somebody else because that person doesn't make them feel pretty because they that's not what that guy wants to do right it's a whole nother mindset of it's like the new version of playboy okay um i don't get millennials i'm obviously way too old i don't get kids today They, they want everything to look like it's on an iphone or something um, 
I guess I guess that's why I'm still employed. Right? <laughs> okay, it's because there's not a lot of people going through the effort to do this the way that I have. Um, I'm proud. I'm proud of what I've done. I, I really am. I, I I know I'm good at it, in whatever that means, right? We all have to be good at what we do, right? We have to think we're. I hope that everybody wants to be the best at what they do, right? Whatever that is, everybody wants. Or certainly, my type of personality is the type of person who thinks. If I was going to be a guitar player, then I want to be a great guitar player. Uh, if I want to be a writer, I want to be a great writer. If I want to be a photographer, I want to be a great photographer, right? If I want to be a bondage rigger, I want to be the best bondage rigger, right? Am I the best bondage rigger? No. There are guys in Japan who've forgotten what I've never learned, right? Are there better photographers than me? Oh, God, yes. You know, Ken Marcus has forgotten more than I've ever learned, right? Um, but I try to, I, I want to be the best. That makes a sense, right? In the, in the same way that I'm sure that Yvonne Craig wanted to be the best when she did her job, right? Um, you want to put out the best podcast you can, right? You, you're, you don't, anybody else doing their job, they want to do the best thing they can do. Um, I'm lucky enough that people have paid for me to learn how to do it. And uh, I, I want to thank everybody out there who's ever been a member of my site or bought any of my videos or anything else, because you're the reason that I'm able to do it. That it, it, it really is the reason. It seems like in this world of piracy that everything should be free, but, but it can't be because then you get the music business that we've got today, right? And no one's making an O-Girl movie right now, except for I just made another one. But generally, generally, no one is making that type of thing anymore because they can't. It's just prohibitively expensive. And one idiot guy on the internet thinking they're cool because they're gonna put it up on a forum somewhere. And it really is an ego thing with some of them. And others just wanna make money off of me, which is a whole new thing. But um, I just wanna thank all those people who, who've been supportive. It, it really, I can't tell you how much it means to, to me and to the ability for me to do the job that I do. I very rarely get starstruck in an interview when I talk to so many amazing and wonderful humans on this program. But in talking to Jim, I could not help but just be in awe of all the work he has done and the quality and the passion and the dedication that he has had to his craft. More than anybody that I have been able to talk to and work with, Jim is practically a living piece of history when it comes to this industry. He was a part of it back when the internet was barely tones through a modem. 
and has brought it up to the present day where he is doing such innovative work in his Perils of Batgirl movie that will be coming out soon, that you will absolutely realize that this man lives this life. He loves to bring those fantasies to life. And for those fans of Batman 66, like I am, you're going to be amazed at what he does with this particular production. I've seen some of the production stills and I'm sharing some of them on social media with you because this movie is next level and we are looking forward to doing a little more special programming when it comes to the premiere of that movie when it comes out later this year. Next week on the show, Mistress Datura, the rubber creature. We will meet with the enigmatic mind behind the cybernetician when we join Mistress Datura next week on Tuesday on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Until then, I'm John, also known as Hi There Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time and I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. We invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at WWW Podcast. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky. Kinky done differently. <laughs>